It's an honor for me to be joined tonight by Alyssa Hughes, a world creative who is joining me tonight over the phone to talk about the intersection of art and activism and so many things. So without any further ado, Alyssa, are you there? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's great to great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Mic Check. Having me, I, I really am honored. It's an honor for for me. Um, and yeah, so to to start off, um, Alyssa, I was wondering if you could give a little bit of background on yourself uh, and, and how you first got you know got into creative pursuits and expressing yourself through various forms of art. Well, it's funny because. I grew up around a lot of R&B and hip-hop because of my mom and my dad. Was, he was the more hip-hop, old-school kind of guy. And my mom was that Maxwell, you know, that fortunate to have you. That was my mom. And uh, we used to, you know, just grow up. And my mom would just, you know, have the music playing while we were cleaning and We'd be going right to school like the next day, and my mom be playing Maxwell all night long, and my dad would just blast like Big Al and, and BDP and Nas, and while we drove, and so you know, I just got into um, the arts, especially music, so young because it was always around me, and I realized like, hey, one day my sister, my older sister, went there. She was actually a rapper first. And nobody really be, be knowing that. But she was actually the rapper first, and she rap. It went like, when cheer is my name and money is my game, my girl, like, yada, yada. A really hot verse. And I was like, oh, no, I have to rap like her. And one day she was learning um, Children's Story by Slick Rick, and my uncle was teaching her, and I was sitting on the stairs hiding and jealous because I wanted to learn it. And they wouldn't let me learn it because I was too young, and they wanted Winteria to be the rapper. And so I was like, no, I'm going to write my own version to this to this beat. And that's exactly what, that was probably my first remix to a song, Children's Story. I don't remember it, but I remember I wrote some fire stuff. And my sister, she also made music with me. She was like a year and a day, literally she was a year and a day younger than me, born December 14th, and I was born December 13th. And uh, she was like my partner. So we always just kept making music and expressing ourselves. We, we were our only friends. Like, she was my only friend. So we would just, you know, make music. And we would do our karaoke's and uh, just, you know, playing music and things. But it's, it's a lot that, that really made me get into just the arts in general. Because art was always around us. You know, and it, whether it be music or the art of life, you know, it was always around us. It's always around everyone. Definitely. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, it's such a great story. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, and, and so you were you were born in New York, actually, right? Yes. Yes, I was born in Queens, New York, Far Rockaway, Queens, New York, on uh, Augustina Ave. And yeah, it was a beautiful place. We used to live right next to the beach. My mom, she's like actually sitting there. You remember the beach, Ma? Yeah, my mom, she loved it. Yeah, and we moved. My mom, she, you know, she wanted a new scenery, and Connecticut seemed ideal, and so we did that. And yeah, 
But I was born, I was raised in Waterbury. Shout out to my city, y'all, period. Because Waterbury really did mold me into who I am. And uh, seeing, like, different things. Because, you know, people think you move to Connecticut and you're not struggling because you're in Connecticut. But I really got to see the light of the fact that there are so many black people in Connecticut. There are so many brown people in Connecticut. We're not just surrounded by trees. We're surrounded by each other. And... I was uh, fortunate enough to be raised in Waterbury to to ground me to who I am and 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 build you know such a strong you know person. I feel, I'm I'm grateful. What are some some ways? Uh, kind of speaking on what you're saying right now, um, bouncing off of that. What are some ways that you feel like Waterbury has shaped your your art and your um, your creative pursuits. I feel like um, my my art and my life are, are you saying combined? Yeah, like um, like how has like like what would you say like the the influence of Waterbury, like how that how Waterbury has, uh, or is it maybe just like all encompassing, like kind of all, you know, like it's influenced so much of just inherently, um, you know, what you've done creatively. Oh, uh, Alyssa, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's better. I was saying that uh, Waterbury influenced my art because it, you know, showed me that we're struggling everywhere, and we are everywhere. And in in that same sense, um, defining that Black people are global, and realizing that um, there are people that look like me in this state, there are people that look like me in this city, and our struggles also reflect the struggles of others that live in other. There's a whole out to any other state, just showed that though we suffer, we must fight. And it showed me that, you know, as Connecticut as a whole, showed me that you can you can win and you will win. You just have to fight for that win. And yeah. It's a lot it was a lot it taught me. But you know, under the under those lines, probably the most prominent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Alyssa. And I was wondering, what are some specific moments that you could talk about or specific even creative projects that really meant a lot to you and, um, you know, moments where you you used your, your art to really speak out um, about things going on around you um, or, you know, injustice and, and oppression? Yeah, um... One specific piece that really, really uh, made me see that, you know, something that I'm doing and what we're all doing, speaking out, can really impact change is uh, Red, my piece Red, because, um, one, that, that song actually came and developed on accident, deliberately, uh, spiritually, but on accident because the the first verse 
of Red was actually for another song with one of my friends who's very talented. And um, I took that verse and put it on another uh, beat that I found more appealing to it. And it was Red. And that beat was produced by Alex Fumo, who's currently in Chicago, who I was introduced to by Abe at one of Mandela's shows. Um, and that piece touched on Lissandro Guzman Feliz, known as Junior. You know, a lot of people know the story of the 15-year-old boy who was stabbed to death in the Bronx. Um, his name was Junior, and um, the song starts off with, they watch the souls disappear from their windows. I wonder if it's really rare or if we're deep low. And it was talking about how, you know, when we encompass violence, against our own and by police and violence in general and against black bodies as it pertains to all identities and we see people suffering, why don't we why don't we intervene? And I felt as though, you know, there was so much I had to touch on with Red because it was coming from several different viewpoints. Um police brutality Black on black violence, and I, I as though still I have the right to speak on black on black violence as a black woman, not anyone else. But that was one of the one of the uh, views, uh, the viewpoints: black on black violence, police brutality, and domestic violence. And I had experienced, you know, knowing people and experienced myself all of those different viewpoints from. Having a friend who I I met through protesting, Jasmine, who lost a 15-year-old brother who was murdered by Bridgeport police, and the police officer, James Boulay, is still trying to, you know, get a job in other places. And then having that connection, and then having the fact that that Zoe Dowdell, someone I interviewed on my own radio once at UConn, uh, was killed by New Britain police and realizing that there is an issue in Connecticut and they have to be addressed. And seeing that, going back to Junior, that we have several issues within violence against our people, but obviously the most prominent is violence by those who oppress us. And seeing that red, per se, could be something that I could kind of theoretically show visually and to show the meaning, show show the purpose and show uh, how it affects us without causing trauma, without causing pain. Doing it visually by, you know, um, roses were very important in the red video and a lot of people um, always question why. And I said, because I don't want to show something gruesome. I want to show something that real and our life is gruesome because of them but our life is not gruesome our life is real and we are real and we deserve to live and so I didn't want to cause more trauma than the trauma that's already being caused to my people viewing us being murdered and slaughtered and so I use things like roses in replacement of blood because roses are something that people bring to funerals for those that are lost 
and it also comforts us in other times. So I use that. And um, just going into more detail um, about things in general with that piece is that it's just much, it's a lot more. And I, I hope that one day people can see that and, and know that also we have a purpose in this fight, and sometimes it's standing up. <laughs> oh, no, all the time it's standing up. But sometimes you're doing something that you're afraid to do because of so-called repercussions, you know, but you have to fight. And, you know, just going back on that idea of us having a fight, I remember once while marching for Mubai, justice for Mubarak Solomon, a Muslim boy, 19 years old, who was shot in a barricaded car, um, and how it was important to speak out, and it was important to address it, and showing, again, the identity that we all endure, and that this is not by accident, but... um, you know, there's so much to it, and we have to intervene. And I remember uh, for Stephen Barrier how there were several warriors who intervened when uh, Stanford police tried to attack them and did attack them, did assault them, did arrest them unlawfully. And so, you know, we cannot keep using our phones to just document. We have to use our phones to document and we have to put our phones down sometimes and hand it to somebody else and handle what is going on and and stand up and fight. Thank you so much for, for sharing all that, Alyssa. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And really quick for anyone just joining us, you're tuned to WP Cannon Bridgeport, 89.5 FM. Independent Community Radio, broadcasting from the campus of the University of Bridgeport, serving Fairfield, New Haven, and Litchfield counties in Connecticut, and Suffolk County, New York's Long Island. We stream around the world at WPKN.org, TuneIn Radio, and WPKN Live. My name is Mike Murley. This is Mike Check, and I'm in conversation right now with Alyssa Hughes, um, speaking about the intersection of art and social justice. And Alyssa, I just wanted to say that... Well, a couple things really quick. So the the music video for the song Red that you were just talking about, um, I just wanted to say that video is so powerful. And I had the honor of seeing that at the the event that you did to premiere the video. Yes, yes. Thank you, Mike, so much for coming. Thank yeah. you, everyone who came to the Red Visual. It was really a rough time around that time when I dropped that visual. For me, I had prior to that year... I had lost my dad, and so I was really um, not really knowing where I was to be musically or what I wanted to do because I was feeling like a lot of my time of doing the very thing that I love was consuming me, but um, I knew also that it was something that was also helping me, and so I had made the decision that despite relations and the feeling, I had to do what I to take some time off. But I'm back now. If you take some time off, you definitely have to take some time off. Please do not, as a creative force, um, my mom said force, do not force yourself. And that's really the, the best word to describe it. Do not force your art because anything that is a force is genuine. You know, you can be a force, 
You can be an energy force. You can be that force. But don't force who you are. Don't force your art. So, yeah. Um, but I decided I wanted to make, I wanted to drop that video because it was important during that time. You know, there was a lot going on as every year, you know, with social justice. There was a lot going on. And I needed to speak out. And I was, I remember I was working. I went back to work. I was working a living job with uh, my first client as a living nurse. And it was really amazing. And it really motivated me. And even though that job is hard, it's a lot with that job, especially sacrificing your and so you get the money. But you have to do it sometimes. So, um, yeah, it was good doing that because I was able to actually fund, you know, my video. I was happy because I wanted to pay the videographer. You know, I didn't want to just not have, you know, not support someone. And I've always had in the past who supported me without money. And so my, my friend Abe Shop and he's always supporting me and I love him so much. And they just had a show, so check out Mandala. But um I um realized that in order for us to grow as people we have to support each other and by every means don't discount our life. <laughs> by any means discount our life, please. Because and that goes for us too. We must invest in ourselves. And so I work with Danny. Danny, everyone knows me, Danny um, on the video and he filmed it and I was really happy because he allowed me to really direct my own vision for it and it was really really just fun to work with him because it was you know some ways and I think by who did that video with me because I had that I had put out a week before filming I'm doing, I'm doing a video who wants to be in it and just like a few people hit, like a bunch of people hit me up but a few, it was like, you know, a few, and 10 is a few to me. And I was really grateful for that. And I was really happy because these people are, you know, as I believe that, you know, everybody should always save their time. And, you know, people coming out to support me was very nice. And I was very grateful. Um, and, you know, I had different identities in the room, you know, people that identify with the LGBTQ community, black people, white people, and I didn't even realize that it was not intentional. It was just these people who all came to me and believed in me and supported the vision. And that's why, you know, I think about my art. I'm, I'm grateful to know that all kinds of people listen to me and and support, it, support me. Because, you know, the things I talk about are real and sometimes uncomfortable. But the fact that people of all identities, white, Muslim, and, you know, all identities, really, and I'm grateful for that, can, you know, have a connection to that and and say my words like that. That is beautiful. Because these words, to me, are not my words. These words are the vo- words of the voiceless, the people that are no longer able to speak. And I feel as though, you know, it's divine to the universe to have this voice. And I, I don't have a voice without those voiceless. Well, it's such a fantastic video. It's such a powerful video. Uh, You talked about police brutality um, and you, and you 
it was so powerful how you how you put up the names on the screen of local victims of police of yeah. police brutality that you some two of two of whom you you actually just named a few minutes ago um Zoe Dowdell who was murdered by New Britain police um, in December 2017 and Jason Agrone who was murdered by Bridgeport police earlier in that same year and you also touched on other issues with with that video and with the the story of of that video and it was just a really powerful video and um, and I've, you know, that's something that I've noticed about you is that you, you work across different mediums. You know, you're a photographer, you're a poet, you're a rapper, you're a filmmaker. And, and that's just, that's such a, you know, you're, you're, um, you're someone who's very, very creative, but puts so much of yourself, um, authentically into everything that you do. And I, I wanted to say too, that I've always respected how you've shown up for families impacted by police violence. Specifically, you've performed multiple times at justice for Jason protests right here in Bridgeport, um, going back to 2017, right after Jason's murder. Um, and even at Jason's graduation event on May 9th, 2019, when that was the year that Jason yes. was supposed to graduate and should have been able to graduate from high school here in Bridgeport with his friends, but was, was denied that opportunity by Bridgeport police officer, James Boulay. Um, and so there was this, this event that was held just for Jason as like a graduation event just for him. And you, you performed at that event. And so it's, it's always been clear, Alyssa, that, that to you, it's not just poetry. It's not just music. You live it. It's real for you. You're committed and you're part of these struggles and these movements. And you're on the front lines fighting for justice. And so um, you've talked a lot about, um, in your words, the responsibility of the artist in society and in communities. And I, as you were talking before, something came to me, this, this idea of um, the creative intervention. And I feel like that's what you do is, is creative intervention or part, obviously part of like within your creative uh, projects. I feel like they're creative interventions. Mm -hmm. in, in, um, like, like you're, in, you're intervening what's going on creatively in, mm -hmm. in, in, in our, our society and our communities and in, with what's going on. I think that's such a, a powerful concept um, to creatively intervene and, and say, no, this is, you know, because like, yeah, like with filmmaking, like when you put it, when you um, like every, every shot, every kind of moment in a film is like directing the audience's attention to like, look over here now, look now, look over here. Now, this is what's important. And so when you come out yeah. with a song, when you come out with a poem, you're basically yeah. saying this, you know, listen, you know, look over here now you know, this is important, like stop what you're doing and like, think about this for three minutes. And speaking of which, because we have just a few minutes left, um, I know that you have a, a piece that you wanted to share um, that's on your heart right now. Um, so if you're, yeah. if you're still comfortable doing that, um, it would be an honor to hear it. Thank you, Mike, first and foremost, for everything. You are one of the awesome, you know, very prominent leaders in Connecticut that I am for the work that you do digitally, the work that you do virtually, the work that you do physically. You are powerful, and I want to thank everybody that is standing for the fight. So many people, especially our warriors and our fighters and the victims of brutality and police murder, murder by however way you want to Again, Muslims, everything, because we are in a place right now where there is no fighting, raping, or nothing. Please stand for the right. Because 
Nobody has time for that anymore. So the piece that I want to share is on the list. It's not even been recorded. So this is real, y'all. It's a real hook. It's been a draft recorded, but not real. Recorded. So FTPAC. And I know, I know. But I want to show you. You're breaking up just a little bit, Alyssa. Okay, I said. Did you, can you hear me now? It's a little bit better now. Yeah, it was just kind of um, kind okay. of cutting in and out. Okay, so the piece I want to do for y'all is actually a hook. It's just never been recorded. And um, P-A-C-A-B. I know a lot of y'all know what it means, but this is what it means to me. It means the same thing to y'all, and I want to show y'all another meaning. So um, it goes like this. We gonna be free one day, but we gotta fight today. We gonna be free one day, but we gotta fight today. We gonna be free one day, but we gotta fight today. We gonna be free one day, but we gotta fight today. F-T-P-A-C-A-B, all my brothers rolling deep. F-T-P-A-C-A-B, all the alleys rolling deep. F-T-P-A-C-A-B, all the alleys rolling deep. All the people rolling deep. All the brothers rolling deep. And what F-T-P-A-C-A-B means to me is what it means to you. And... Because a fight has its tribulations, but when we fight, we have and I know that they want us to resemble hate. But we resemble warriors. We resemble kings and queens. We resemble light. And we resemble means. And I did not even mean for that to rhyme. But it did. And I feel as though for the people, a curse, a blessing will never be something that we forget. But, yes. <laughs> That was awesome. Thank you so much, Alyssa. That was that was so cool. I'm glad we were able to. Um, to I'm glad we were able to have time for that. And um, really quick, how can our listeners uh, find your work online? So I'm on Apple Music and all platforms. A few of my songs: "Lonely," "Red," and "Korean Dreams." And you can hear the rest on SoundCloud. Real ones now. <laughs> And yes, so MC Strike on SoundCloud and Alyssa Hughes on all platforms. Alyssa Hughes, world creative um, and all around awesome person. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation tonight um, right here on WPKN. Thank you for all the ways that you live, that you truly live at the intersection of art and social justice and everything that you do um, just in general for our communities. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Alyssa. Have a great night.